Well, I'm going to have to preach this morning and walk around the church because somebody told me this morning they had to get extra coffee so they could stay awake during the sermon. And I committed to them to walk up next to them during the sermon, so I'll do it sometime during the service. And I've been known to preach from the, from the vestibule before, and wherever this thing will pick up, I'll preach from. So, ready or not, here I come. All right, let's take our Bibles. We're in, uh, if you ever played sports, or I don't know what gets you excited, but everybody, after you score or something happens great, you go, let's go. I'm about to send more kids, Miss Kristen. Any kids, fifth grade and below? There is, today's one of those TC Kids Sundays, the second and fourth Sunday. They go straight into Catalyst at nine. They stay there till the end of service. It's like a vacation Bible school each morning. Everybody's picking up on it. So we always yell, let's go, let's go. And so this whole sermon series we're in, it's let's grow, let's grow, right? So we grow together, we can have fun together. Hey, we can take God's word and we can smile, even at some of the tough things. You know why? Because when we look into the word of God, guess who we see? We see Jesus. Yes, we do. We see Jesus. How about you, right? That's how you've ever seen that at camp? But you see yourself going, those Corinthians, man, those people, if they could just get it straight, isn't it easier to point our fingers at someone else? Oh, those people, that person, they're from that place. They, if they would get it right, only they, and then we always, it's them or they. But really, it's us, me and you today, right? You and I, that we're, God's really speaking to. This is a couple thousand year old text that we're going to read today. And yet, it's as foundational and as real as the church today. I think God knew what he was doing when he spoke, don't you? He speaks through all of eternity. He spoke to them directly there. And we talked about this morning in Catalyst. When we say Paul said... Please understand, we don't give Paul, the Apostle Paul, any credit except the credit that's due to him as a messenger of God, as a tool in the hand of the, if you will, the mechanic. He's just a half-inch wrench for a half-inch nut. That's all he was, right? And so that's what you and I are today. So when we say the Apostle Paul said, please note that we believe all of Scripture is fully divinely inspired by God. And so when I say Paul said, I'm really saying the Holy Spirit has said. So understand that. So when you see that in the bulletin it says Paul admonished or Paul clarified Paul was speaking under the he said and obviously the word of God says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit so when Paul speaks you'll see that in your notes so if it says Paul said or Paul clarified please understand that he was just a preacher of the gospel to the church of Corinth he was an apostle yes he was a very special man in the hands of God but he was just a tool in the hands of God so let's read together first Corinthians chapter 4 we're going to begin in verse 1 if you went to Catalyst this morning I know it's going quick. Some of our classes I'm teaching as well, so I run out of time. Time runs out before the lesson runs out, so it's kind of difficult for us teachers to get something so you don't have time to lollygag. Y'all know what lollygagging is? You don't have time to socialize the lollygag, so what's going to happen is we're going to have the more fellowships of eating together and being together because we want to know about each other. And so church lunches and church specials are for that, so we're going to have a couple of picnics coming up here in the near future. It's something God put on my heart. We need to eat together more on a regular basis. We were doing Wednesday night meals, but part of the Wednesday night meals, the hard part of Wednesday night meals is everybody wants to eat, but nobody wants to cook, right? We just had a handful of, of teams that wanted to cook, and I'm telling you, as a pastor, I was cooking sometimes two times a month, and I love cooking. It's one of my favorite things to do, but I don't like cooking that much, all right? So just, um, I don't mind cooking as long as Martin comes in after me and cleans up. Cleaning all those pots of pans. So that's why, really, truly, why the ministry has not been 
ongoing is because church members haven't been on coming. You, everybody wants to come get a bit, little bit. Oh, that tastes good. That's cheap. But I don't want to do any work. Just make sure it's there next week, right? And we've become very much Americans. That you just, I need it like this, hands up. So if you want Wednesday night meals back in those special times, I'm going to encourage you. If you're someone who can cook volumes, you got to be able to cook for a group of people because there's some good cooks on the teams. But it takes a lot of people to do what we do. And, and it was just one of those things that we just, we run out of manpower and time. And believe it or not, we feel like we're getting older as we get older. And so there's only a limited amount of time. So let's turn today, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Very powerful passage of scripture. And really, if you want to, the title of the sermon today is simply Puffed Up. I thought that was so fun in scripture. Paul said it twice. I think about puffed up. We were doing announcing. Derek and I are announcing for the South Lincoln football team right now. It's not because we were, cho- we were chosen to do it. It was because of we know somebody. And we were, the other somebody didn't show up. So we, we, we just did it. But the band wants us to advertise the band snacks all the time. They want to get in front of the other athletic booster club. And they bring us up. The athletic booster club tells us, hey, we got power aids and we got hot dogs and nachos. They, they just tell us what they have. And we're like, okay, bold peanuts. Don't forget the bold peanuts. Okay, bold peanuts. But the band booster club is a separate tent. And they come up into the booth and they say, hey, we have Chick-fil-A sandwiches, deep fried Oreos, deep fried mozzarella sticks, French fries, Powerade, Cokes. What do you want? So then we all put our order in. And they bring us this platter up there. And we're like, wow. Hot Chick-fil-A sandwiches. I've never had a deep-fried Oreo in my life until South Lincoln uh, Band Booster Group. And um, if you were there that night a couple weeks ago, I announced I've had a life-changing experience. If you've never had a deep-fried Oreo, you need to have one, at least one. And so uh, the band gets a little more advertisement, plus they give me a script to say. And, and that, here in Paul, Paul's writing here about being puffed up. Everything you deep-fry, guess what happens to it? It puffs up. It thinks it's well done, but sometimes being puffed up it's not good for you, is it? Right? Uh, let's, so let's look at these. When we look at the word puffed up, we're looking at the word of God. Think about being puffed up. And that should be the whole chapter title, but it really is really a stewards of the mystery of God. Paul is in a very positive way he's speaking. Verse 1, let a man consider us. And that's, he's talking about Apollos, Paul. Remember, they're dividing over who's their favorite preacher. And he said, let, us, uh, let a man consider us as servants of Christ, number one, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. He's saying, listen, you can talk about a Paul, you want to talk about Apollos, you want to talk about Peter, just consider us slaves of God, we're servants of God, we're also stewards of the mysteries of God. That's all we are. Don't think more of us. Then he's going to continue. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged, if your Bible says judged, the word there is evaluate it to be evaluated by you are a human court in fact i do not even judge myself for i know of nothing against myself yet i am not justified by this but he who judges me is the lord therefore judge nothing before the time until the lord comes and i underline this in my bible who will w-i-l-l both bring to light the hidden things of the darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts then each one's praise, and I circled again, will, W-I-L-L, come from where, church? From God. So who is it that judges appropriately or evaluates appropriately? It's God who judges. He says, be careful, and he's telling the church, remember, what's the sermon title? 
puffed up. So he's talking about, he's not talking about himself, he's not talking about Apollos, he's not even talking about Peter. He's saying, listen, church, I'm trying to tell you something. We're just servants and stewards of God. And the steward has to be faithful. And he's going to come back and say, you're stewards also of God, but you're not being faithful. You're puffed up because you think you're better than everyone else. Be careful. God knows your heart, and he's going to judge your heart. Do you hear that, church, this morning? Listen, if you're not a Christian, hear that. He's going to judge your heart based on his son, Jesus Christ. Do you think that's a perfect judgment? You want to, you want to put your works and your money up against God? Where'd you get all that stuff? He's going to tell you in this chapter, he comes from God. And so he's telling you very clearly today, I am going to, and this is again, Paul speaking, but who is really speaking? The Lord, the Holy Spirit, saying, I am going to judge the hearts, the hidden things that you think nobody sees. He sees everything. He knows everything. He's God. And he's going to come one day and he's going to bring a judgment. He's going to evaluate what you have against his holiness, what you do against his holiness. He sees you in those dark times. He sees you when you think you're sneaking around he sees you in that private place. He sees you in public. And the Bible says very clearly, church, listen, people, if you're not a Christian, just listen, God's going to judge you. He's going to judge you. And you're going to give an account. Every one of us will give an account. If you're saved today, if you're a Christian, well, we're going to go to heaven, yes. But at the judgment seat of Christ, that's where he's going to hand out the rewards that he wants all of his faithful followers to have. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I'll keep saying it. Every one of us here that's a Christian today, even the ones that aren't Christians want to go to heaven. If you ask the average person, do you want to go to heaven when you die? The average person will say yes, because they don't know anything about heaven. It just sounds like a good place. Don't want to go to hell where there's fire. Some stupid people say, I want to go party with my friends in hell. Well, you won't see them, and it's on fire, so there's nothing to party with, right? Alcohol is dried up. There's no drugs there. you a dumb person when you say that, aren't you? You show yourself very moronic in attitude, very a moron when people say that. And you consider the source. But what I want you to understand is, listen, Paul is very clear. He's trying to, he's trying to get the church ready because he's about, to, as a father, he's about to love on them and he's trying to push them to another place where they're not. But there's two wills in there. God will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one, one's praise will come from God. So God's doing the judging and God's doing the one that's going to bring about the praise. So if you're living faithful for God today, listen, that's a good thing. And you're going to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And I've told you, if you're not doing well, you're not going to hear it. God's not going to lie to you just because he wants you to feel good. You think God's really concerned about your emotions and feelings whenever you get upset with him? He does care, but he's not going to go, oh, that poor baby. He's not like your mom or your grandma. He's not going to pet you and, and, and coax you back. To, he's going to love you. But he's also sometimes going to discipline you. The Bible says this very clearly. You earthly fathers discipline your children. How much greater your heavenly father? Because he, he loves you. It's not because he don't want you to have those emotions. Because guess where your emotions come from? He gave them to you. The creator gave you your emotions. Do you use them wisely and, and righteously is the, the right thing. When you're down, who do you talk to? When you're down, always remember. When you go down, guess where you should go? Go straight up. Lord, I'm feeling this today. She hurt my feelings. He hurt my feelings. They said this about me. Guess what you're going to hear? Blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. Right? He's going to go through and blessed are the peacemakers. He's going to come back with Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He's going to come back and tell you, hey, I wrote those words for you that day a long time ago because I knew you was going to feel that. I knew you were going to be there. 
And that's the right emotions to have. Listen, and then you turn those emotions and give them to God. But if you're puffed up thinking that you're somebody, that's what Paul's trying to tell the church, stop doing. Let's continue. He's going to transition now that he's a fool for Christ's sake. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. Don't be puffed up, church. Well, I just can't help myself. Stop it. I just feel. Stop it, right? This is the best counsel in the world. If you're never a counselor, this is the best counsel. I just feel like suicidal. Well, don't. Get some help. Go to your doctor, right? I just want to hold this grudge. I really want, this person hurt me so bad. Don't hold it. Let it go. And this is what Paul's saying. Listen, don't think of yourself, well, I'm here, because we always talk about bullying in school, right? We have a school. We talk about bullying. What is bullying? Simply this. I want to bring you down to my level, right? I want to beat you up or kind of hurt your feelings or bring you where I am so I can feel superior to you, right? I want to be above you. I want you down. I want me high. Whether it's physical or if it's actually verbal, whichever way we do it on text, whatever we do it, people do that, right? They want, to, they want to bring you low so they can go high, and it makes them feel good. This is what the church is doing. Oh, you like Paul? I don't like Paul. He's too deep. I like Apollos. He, he rocks and rolls. He, just, he makes me feel good when I leave the church house. I like Peter. Peter just gets me down. He just rubs me in it and takes me before the throne of God. Paul's like, stop being so trivial. Listen, you're not right. Me, Peter, Apollos, Jesus, we're on the same team. We talked about it last week. We're unified. We preach the gospel. We preach there's only one way to heaven. We preach Jesus. It's just the way God's given us this voice and our memory. This is the only way we can say it is the way he gave it to us to say. The only way you can say it. The only way you can sing it and pray it and play it, whatever it might be, is the way he gave you to do. I don't have musical abilities to, to actually play an instrument or to sing necessarily. He gave me the ability, what limited ability it is. He gave me the ability to get the word out. There's people that said, I could never stand up front. That was me too, but the Lord put a forcing on me, so guess where I am today, standing in front of you. It's God who calls, it's God who equips, and then God says, now go and do, right? Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and to teach them everything I've taught you. And remember, I'm with you always. How long, church? Till the end of the age, which is eternity. Let's continue. Seven. For who makes you differ from, one, from, from another? That's not in the original, because it should be italicized in your Bible. And what do you have that you did not receive, church? What's the answer? Nothing. You can say, oh, I'm a hard worker. I work 50 hours a week, 70 hours a week. Who gives you the ability to work? Who put the resources there for that plant or whatever it is to have that organic resource for you to put it together or whatever it might be? Who gave you the car to get to work? Who gave you the food to have on break? Who gave you the break? Who gave you the air to breathe? It's God who owns everything. So when Paul says this, and what do you have that you did not receive? The answer, church, and people is what? Nothing. I don't care how hard you think you work. You received something from someone. Someone gave you a favor. You got a degree. You sat in class with someone else who had, was given their education because obviously they paid for it, but where'd the money come from? It come from God. If you backtrack everything up to where it comes from, it comes back to God. He asked another question there. He says, now if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? It's because we're knucklehead humans, aren't we? 
We're sinful people. These are Christians he's talking to. These are real people who are in the church, just like you and me. If they were sitting, they'd look at each other like this thing going, how dare he say that about me? I'm leaving this church. So he couldn't really leave the church of Corinth because there was nowhere to go. It was the only church right now, right? There was no first and second Baptist and Presbyterians and Methodists. They were not, all of them hadn't populated. There were no denomination, no divisions outside of the church, but there were divisions within the church for sure. He says, you are already full, exclamation point, very forceful. You are already rich. You have reigned as kings without us. And indeed, I could wish you did reign, that we also might reign with you. He's saying you're spiritual kings and queens of, of, of God. You're reigning in a place that you don't even understand that God's got you living today. And then he said, I wish you were actually physically kings and queens, right? I wish you were kings because obviously we could use those resources for what? The kingdom, right? We continue. Let's go. For I think, verse 9, that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to the angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour, we both hunger and we both thirst and are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. That's that song, The Jesus Way, is it not? We've been singing. We have been made as the filth of the world, the off-scouring of all things until now. Paul's not saying we're just these down and outs and we're, y'all are so much better than us. He's saying, look at Apollos. Apollos was corrected in his theology, was he not? Aquila and Priscilla had to pull him aside and say, you're preaching John the Baptist's repentance. You've got to get to Jesus all the way. You're going three quarters away, but you're not finishing the race. And he goes, ah, oh, thank you for that. We have that in the scripture. Paul was beaten. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was snake bitten. Paul, was, he goes through all kind of stuff. He's, he's given up his old former life of being Saul, the Pharisee, the terrorizer of the church. So now he's Paul, servant of the most high God. No one wants him around. You didn't want Paul around if you were a Christian. You're like, man, he's too holy. He, got, he keeps it up here. Like, we got to have some fun sometime. And I think Paul laughed and had fun, but our sinful natures want to do the wrong thing sometimes. Just a little edgy, little, just let's do a little bit of the wrong thing. Paul is always keeping it here because he says, listen, I know what it's like to have this, and I know what it's like to be here. Have everything and have nothing. He said, but in all things, I can, I can, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Philippians 4.13. And then, if you imagine when Paul's away, and you even see these guys are here. We talked about it in Catalyst this morning. We, when we were younger, I can remember, I can still hear it in some cousins, some other folks. We're from the country. And it always starts out with, what? Tell you what. And the, and the shoulders usually come back like this, right? And what does that mean, if, you, if, you, if you're a man this morning? Ladies, you might not know. You want to go, right? But we always say, tell you what. If he was here right now, I'd tell him something. I'd take this boot, right? It's always something. We'd always, it was always a braggadocious move that you were going to do something when the person wasn't there. And the funny thing was, once that person showed up, that person that was talking trash, they went. And we would, as little kids, what you going to do now? Didn't you say, hey, you said if you saw him today, right? Because what are we looking for? Our sinful nature, little sinful people. We wanted to fight to go down, right? Because somebody's talking trash. And now here's a chance to put your, 
Put your money where your mouth is, right? Let's see it. Let's get, let's get, out, get it on, right? We want to yeah, get, get it going. We want to antagonize. It's sinful people with sinful people with sinful people doing sinful things. Here's the church. The church is, there's men in the church who are bragging. Hey, you know what? I only listen to a Paul because Paul's the man. He's the one that started this church, and I'm only going to be loyal to Paul. I don't care who else comes and be our guest preacher. I don't care who the pastor is. I'm, I'm dedicated to Paul. And if that means i got to stay at home by myself, I'm just going to listen to it on television by myself because I like Paul. Does that sound like us today? Favorite TV preacher? People sitting at home right now watching us going, yeah, amen, brother. But don't amen us if you're able to get here to church. Get your behind off the couch and out of your pajamas and get to church. Amen? This is where the house of God is. The people of God have met here today to worship him and to fellowship with one another. There's people at home watching Charles Stanley. He's dead, FYI. Agent Stanley, listen, uh, Agent Rogers is dead. Do I still watch them? Yes, I do. You can't fellowship with them no more than you do my brothers and sisters in this building today if you're not here. Sitting at home is not church. It's a way of outreaching to people to reach them for the kingdom, but that's not church. We are the church, and the church has come together to worship the one true God. It's hard to worship by yourself. You can do it, but when you get together, guess what? You go, oh, oh, they have this in common. Someone says, I like to do this. Oh, I, well, you know what? So-and-so likes to do that as well. Let's hate. So-and-so meet so-and-so. And we find out we have like things in common. going, wait a minute. There's people that are totally different than me from a different place than me that have the same interests that I have. And all of it's under the banner of Jesus Christ. He's the great equalizer. We have so many different backgrounds in this church and in the church globally. We would just laugh if we knew where we were coming from. The world side says, wait a minute. Socioeconomically, you're up here. And you're down here, and you're somewhere right here, so don't mix together. But the church says, hey, we're all under the banner of Jesus Christ. Everybody coming to the tent because, listen, there's one head. His name is what? Jesus. That's his name. And we're under his banner, so he's the great equalizer. So those who divide us, guess what they, where they got their stuff from? Or their lack of stuff? God. Same God. So if we know that all things come from God, why would we not love God and step into that arena and actually love on him in a way, if we're able to be a part of the great global church that he has, that he's talking to here, watch this, he's going he's to transition. He's not being sarcastic. He loves them. He tells them in verse 14, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Paul went there on a missionary journey. He beat the streets. He knocked on the doors. He told people about Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. He didn't give birth to them. He knew the Holy Spirit gave birth to the church. But Paul did the work of an evangelist. Paul went door to door. Paul preached in the areas that those like people and said, Hey, listen, now that you're saved, you need to be baptized. And now that you're saved, you need to be baptized. And let's come together and... And Paul says, even earlier, I didn't baptize many of you. There had to be a preacher there in the area that came. And Timothy, we know, he's because he's going to talk about Timothy here shortly. A church, this is the church of the first, second, third, pick a century since Jesus is down on the cross, resurrected. Here's what the church is to be about. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach or learn the things of Jesus. And remember that he's with us always till the end of the age. The first century church had to do that. The 21st century church, you and I have to do that today. Here's the question. Are you doing 
what God has called us to do. You say, well, I'm not old enough. How old do you have to be to share the gospel? Well, I'm too old. We get in that category, don't we? Pastor, I'm just too old. I'm retired. Show me that in Scripture. As a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, he says, go. And if we grow up, we will go out. We'll continue to go out. I was hesitant to ask uh, Chris and McKenzie. Chris coming on new this year, and McKenzie obviously coming back. and come back on new in the positions they're in. But they're, they're head of missions. And they just got back from Malaysia and Thailand, and I was like, I need you guys to go back to Japan. To me, if I heard that, I'd be like, I think I'm going to apply for another job. I hate flying, especially to Asia. And that's such a long flight, such a taxing flight on your body. But for such a time as this, that's who God put here, and that's what we did. There were six of us planning on going, but the people that organized it kept trimming down the, the trip. So we got down to two, and we tried to decide who's going. Next Sunday, I won't be preaching here. I'll be preaching homecoming in another church. We're trying to work together as churches to see the body of Christ is bigger than just our local, whatever our address is. So I'll be at Levels Baptist this, this past next Sunday. If someone says, hey, I heard the pastor is leaving and trying to get another church. You tell them you should listen to the sermon today about being puffed up. You know nothing, right? You know nothing. If, if God calls me away, you'll be the first people to know. I don't beat around the bush. I told the church when I first came here, they said, how long do you plan on staying? I said, until God tells me to go away. If it's a week, it's a week. If it's a month, it's a month. If it's my whole life, it's my whole life. Until God calls, right? That's how we should respond as a church and as a people. Don't be away next week just because, you know, I'm not going to be here. I told you I'm going to see that we're going to do an attendance to see who's here next week, right? We're going to take pictures. And ironically, my, youngest, my oldest son is going to be preaching next week. We went through a lot of things together, and I said, unfortunately, you have one of the hardest chapters in the Bible to preach next week. Let's see if you can actually do it. So I won't be here for that. So I'm leaving him with that. Church, listen. As he, Paul reads and writes this here, he says, I urge you to, be, to imitate me. Could you say that today? Could you ask somebody to imitate your, you? We say, well, I've failed and I've sinned so much. There's no way I could... Anybody can imitate me because I'm, man, people in the community know me. I did this or I filled in this or I was in this kind of um, recovery program or I was in counseling or whatever it might be. Forgetting everything that's behind, right? What do we do? We go forward in whose name? Come on, say his name. Jesus Christ. We go forward in his name. Yes, listen. I told you before, and I'll say it again, and all about you, it's the same, so I want you to look at me sanctimoniously. If someone tells you something bad about me, it's probably worse than they know. Come see me. I'll tell you the whole story. It's not good, but who cares about dwelling on the past? I'm looking forward to what Christ has now. I will preach Jesus until I die. That's what I ask for. Lord, let me be a witness. Never let me be a stumbling block. I want to preach Jesus until I die. Let's continue and finish out the scripture, and I'll give you the answers on the notes because it's all the same. Verse 18, he says it again, but now some of you are deep fried and puffed up. Wouldn't that sound better if it was deep fried? Now, now some of you are puffed up as though I were not coming to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. Now we're going to match Holy Spirit power versus this carnal Manpower, who somebody says, 
well, I'm bishop so-and-so, right? Or I'm apostle so-and-so. You call me with the same respect you call Paul. Paul's very clear. Listen, we're going to see. I'm coming not in words. I'm not going to come in with talk, trash talking. I'm coming in with power from God on high. I'm coming in with kingdom authority when I come in. I'm not coming in playing games like you people are playing because there were people playing games. Watch this. How do we know that? He even says, for the kingdom of God is not in the word, but how, church? Say the word again. Say it louder. It's kingdom power. You can always, you can wait, you can wait somebody out. If they talk trash, that so they have this great authority, then you wait and see, watch their lives. If they're living carnal lives, if they're all into it for the money, if they're just running a gamut, you know those people. If they're in it for me, you know good and well they're not in it for God. They're using God as a tool to get themselves rich. God forbid that we would do that to you. You see it on television. We see it in our culture. Just so $50. What if I got up every Sunday and said, hey, if you're not giving at least $50 a week to the Lord's work, God's not going to bless you. You want to be blessed? Come get $50 on my feet right now. You ever been in a church like that? I've been in a church service where older women were digging out of their purses and dumping money on the platform up here and just dumping their purses. And then a little knucklehead calls himself some title, walks down and goes, that ain't enough money. That ain't enough money. Get some more money. And people get back up and come start throwing money all over the, the steps of the church again. God forbid that we would sell God's gospel that cheap. It's not about the money, and it's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about the power of God coming. And it's amazing that God, by the grace that he gives, does not strike those fools dead. It's saddening, it's sickening to watch what people in the name of Jesus will say and do. It's for their glory, for their automobiles, for their airplanes, for their big houses, for their nice dress. It's all about how I look, and you respect me because how I look. If I put a little white piece of cloth right here, that does not make me any more holy than if I have an unbuttoned shirt. Did you know that? And there are people wearing uniforms today, thinking that uniform fools man and it fools God. But I want to tell you today, God is not fooled. And Paul says later in Galatians 6, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he or she will what? Reap. It's coming home. Listen, we used to say it when we were kids, and it's true if you have chickens, the chickens will come home to roost. That's what the old people used to say. Did you know that's true? If you kept, keep up children, uh, chickens for a while, and then you open the gate and let them out, they'll stroll all day long. But then evening comes, they'll come back into the roost. They'll come back where they belong. Same thing when you sow to the flesh. You're going to reap from the flesh. You sow to the Spirit of God. Listen, you're going to get the power of God. God's going to have an anointing on your life, and no, one's going to, no one can actually touch it. They're going to be like, man, he or she, they always speak in this or that. In Jesus' name, they're holy rollers. Wouldn't you like to be called that name? Isn't that a great name? I love the name. He's so narrow-minded. Praise God, narrow is the way that leads to heaven, right? Broad is the way that leads where? You call me narrow-minded every single day if you want to. You can talk trash about me. You can say, that narrow-minded Baptist preacher, I go, thank you, Jesus, right? I'd love to have that title. It's a beautiful title. Paul had the title. He says this, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but said again, church, but in what? Power. What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? What would you want, church, if he asked that? Because some people probably said, he ain't coming. What, right? Like us. Can you imagine being in the church when Paul shows back up? Hey, Paul, 
that some deacon that said that about you, right? That deacon said you were you ain't nobody to him. He's an Apollos follower. He don't follow you, he follows Apollos. Could you imagine that? Then that person's in sin too, but I'm just thinking as a little kid, it was a very bad kid. All right. Let me go to the notes really quick so you can have this. This is something you need to talk to your friends and your brothers and sisters, especially about, you know, church. We as this is not the church. This stuff is not the church. It's a building. And listen, the church is you and me. So if your brothers and sisters and friends are, are caught in bondage, listen, set them free from the microphones and the first class everything and, and all the stuff you have to have, the dress code, the, uh, the special parking places. You ever been there? God forbid. Let's read, let me read the notes if I could. God has given the believer every opportunity to mature in their faith. It should be in your bulletin. Here's a correction. And the ability to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. That was Galatians 5, what Chris read earlier. There's a way to live by the flesh, and there's a way to live by the Spirit. And God's Spirit never makes a mistake. Write that down. God's Holy Spirit never makes a mistake. He will guide you. He will lead you. He even said it in the Old Testament. He means it in the New Testament. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. There's so many smart people today go, they smug these puffed up theologians and, oh, that's just a proverb. That's not a truth of God's word. How do you want to take it? You, if God's word is true, inspired by God, how do you want to take it? You want to take it as a proverb that that might be true or might not be true? It's just a saying that we say. Or do you want to take it grounded that it's the word of God when he says, listen, you trust me. You, you do it my way. You're going to get my result. Do you want to take that as concrete? Evidence that God is who he says he is? You make that decision because what's going to happen is that's how you live your life. Does God really guide my path? Does God, we sing about it, we read it, do we believe it? Do we walk that out? Do we talk it and walk it? Paul specifically saw himself as a servant of God and a steward of the mysteries of God. He understood God demanded him to be faithful and trustworthy. Would God consider you faithful and trustworthy today? I'm talking about not just five days a week, but seven. In the morning, in the afternoon, with your family, with the stewardship you have, with the mysteries you have. Did you know you hold the mystery of God? Part of it, you are the mystery of God, the church. But you have this true mystery that you have to give away. It's your responsibility. So you have this message, and if you've never led anyone to Christ, or even shared. Remember Paul said, there's a planter and some water. If you've never shared the gospel... You have the same mysteries God, uh, Paul does of the church, if you will, and of salvation, and you're keeping it right here in your pocket. When I get to heaven, boy, God's, God's going to be proud of me because I have the truth. You're not going to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant, if you're not giving that truth out. You should be throwing that stuff like candy bars at a parade, right? Halloween, handing it out like you do candy, like hey, trick or treat, right? Gospel's free. Gospel's free. Jesus Christ, the only way. You should be throwing this stuff like confetti cannons flying out your mouth, out your deeds and your actions. That's how we should live this Christian life. It's not a reserve, just me. Let's be quiet. It's reserved for me. This is a great, loud gospel. This is why we call it the good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ, church. We've got to give it out. We've got to get rid of it. And if you say, well, I'm just a quiet person, you're not excused. And let me, let me encourage you today. Listen, look around. Everybody look around. Quiet, some of us can identify them. There's quiet people in here, introverts, and there's extroverts, right? 
I want to tell you today, if you're quiet and you say, I just can't, you need to hook yourself up to a train engine of an extrovert and say, listen, can I go with you? Because you're just so loud, you talk all the time. Can I go with you? And what's going to happen is we disciple each other and we take each other out and we're like, hey, can I talk to you about Jesus? Can I share with you just a moment? Do you know what you're reading? That's what Philip did, right, in the Bible. We go and actually we put ourselves out there knowing that God's leading us. We don't just go make a scene on the street yelling at everybody, yelling at different events. We don't wear John 3.16 at events. Have you seen that? I'm glad that's gone away. John 3.16. Right, and they're painted all up like they act idiots on TV. John 3.16, halftime. John 3.16. And then during the game, they're painting themselves and worshiping those pagan people that run leather up and down the street. I'm not saying don't have a team, but don't act a fool for your, don't be a fanatic for your team if you're not going to be a fanatic for God. And don't do it at the same time. I don't think there's room. I don't think you'd be painted up, striped up, saying Jesus is good, right, all the time. And then you get in there and show yourself, talk whatever you think about the coach, and say what you think about the linebackers, and, and then talk about those different things that's going on during the season. You've got to be the same all the time, right? I don't, there's nothing wrong with wearing team colors. But make sure that Team Jesus is always your number one. Don't act a fool and then go, oh, guess I need to ask for forgiveness Sunday. Let's continue. We always have to ask for forgiveness, by the way, just for the record. We're in a state of asking for forgiveness. Paul made it abundantly clear that he was not under human evaluation regarding his ministry, but under the judgment of God. He knew God judged how church? Faithfully, faithfully. Paul forbade the church from sitting in on judgment of other Christians, but instructed them to wait on the Lord who would judge the secret things that are hidden in darkness. This does not mean there's no room for church discipline, because Matthew 18, Jesus calls us to Say about sin what he says about sin. These are people saying, I like this over another. I don't like his gift. My gift's better than her gift. She don't, she's got all this gift. She thinks she's somebody. That's the kind of judgment. It's a, it's a false evaluation. God discloses the motives of people's hearts. Paul made the analogies about factions to himself and Apollos for the church's benefit. His goal was to teach them not to go beyond what is written in Scripture so that they would not be puffed up and boast in favor of one minister or teacher against the other. Is that happening today? I told you before, in our society, especially in our society, when I travel, we're talking about work in Canada, they want to call me Baba, I think it is, Baba. I was like, no, no, what, what does that mean? It's Arabic. What do they call me? You know, anybody know what it means? Father. Don't call me Father. Man, don't call me Father. Please don't call me Father. They want to call me Father because we come from America and they're Egyptian back, uh, back, background. We love them so much, but I'm not their father. Matter of fact, the Lord says in the words is don't call any man father. Not your daddy. He's not talking about your daddy. He's talking about that title of respect, that hate father. And we know that in the Catholic Church many times, what's the name, primary name they want to be called? Father. So I want to be very clear. I'm, not your, I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian just like you are. We're on the same message. Listen, we're on the same Wayne link, preaching the same gospel. I'm not higher or lower. We're here together. We're preaching Jesus, right? That's our job. The immature believers in the Corinthian church thought they were superior or special in some particular way. Depends on what gift they had. They worked diligently to exalt their opinions and influence. Uh, influence should be over others with their words. Has that ever happened in a church you've been a part of? Whoever speaks the loudest, whoever has the loudest opinion, or theatrics, right? You ever seen theatrics in church? It drives me crazy. I told you we shared with the church one time a service, and the church I went to, when I, I'd go to their service, the 
the women would flop like fish at the invitation. It was just, I'd never seen anything like that in my life. They'd just fall out like literally fish out of water. And so, um, and they'd come and cover them and let them, he, something happened to them. And they'd just calm down after a while. So we had these blankets. Y'all see the blankets? And by the way, if you're a guest, these blankets are for you to stay warm with it because it gets cold. So I took all the blankets out of the window and didn't let any of our church members have the blankets. I even took them from the old ladies in our church. And I brought them all down front down here because when I go to their church, guess what I'm used to? Every service. Women come down, they flop like fish out of water. I'm as naive as they, as they come sometimes. I thought it was something's going on that I don't understand. Maybe it's a move of the Spirit that I can't, that we don't have here, but the same Spirit. So I brought all the blankets and didn't let anybody touch them. Even some people tried to get them at church. I was like, I'm doing something with these this morning. Don't touch them. Because we had a combined service. Some of y'all were here. So then the service, it was a powerful service. Powerful choir, their choir sang, their praise team led, their preacher preached. And the service, I come down, I'm like, Lord, I don't want anybody to get their face bumped on these steps. I, I, I'm literally standing like this so they don't, if they flop, they're going to flop out here. I'm going to keep flopping, pushing them out. I, I was, I'm being legitimate. I was serious. And at the end of service, nothing happened. There were no floppers. And I asked the pastor, I said, hey, well, I need to talk to you, man. I got a serious issue after church. We talked, and I said, how do you explain what, what, that, what that is every time I visit y'all? Oh, it's a movement of the Spirit. I said, did you feel the Spirit of God in this house today? Yes. I said, I did too. I want you to know I felt the Spirit of God here today. In the song and in the word, I felt the Spirit of God. But I said, I put all these blankets down here. And not one person come and flop like a fish today down here. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, when I go to your church, same women almost every time are just, they're kicking and doing this, these activities down front. He goes, well, it's because we were in mixed company today. I said, brother, let me tell you something. You need to stop that mess in your church right now. If it's a movement of the Holy Spirit, you can't stop it. Is that true? If it's a word from God, you can't stop it. But it's an activity of a puffed up person that says they want to do theatrics in front of people. And they want to cut cartwheels and do flips and run and scream just for the sake of running and screaming. Now, if the Spirit gets a hold of you, set your hair on fire. Amen? Run. But if it's, if it's not of God, we should not allow theatrics in the church. Don't let the puffed up people get on the platform and be puffed up. And then walk out and go, wow, sister so-and-so so spiritual. Brother so-and-so so spiritual. Did you see that today? Did you see them today? If we don't walk out of church saying, listen, Jesus touched my heart. Jesus pointed me to himself. Jesus told me that I should change this. Jesus said it should be about Jesus when we leave today. If you talk about me, you're wasting your breath. If you talk about your Bible study teacher, the singer, or whatever it might be, you're wasting your breath. It should be about Jesus when we leave the church today. Amen? It's about Jesus and him being glorified. That's who we are and what we're about. So these immature believers at Corinthian church, they thought they were superior. They did. Paul disclosed the patient trials of the apostles. He talked about our, this is what we're going through. We get, we've taken beatings. We've taken shames, shamings. We've been kicked out of places. We don't have any money. We're going from place to place. That's who we are. And you're bragging on us? Man, get another hero, right? Your hero is Jesus. We're just, we're just human vessels who are getting beat down. Paul reinforced his love for the Corinthian church, which he helped found through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus, he loved them like a spiritual father. He sent Timothy 
to edify the church. Hey, take Goose and just give him a good word, Timothy. Timothy was a, a soft-hearted man. If you read 1 Timothy, he went and sent Timothy, hey, go preach to him again. So now what could happen if they're not careful? Now they can say, I'm a Paul. I'm a Paulus. I'm a Peter. I'm a Jesus. I really like that new kid, Timothy. He's a pretty good speaker. I like him. If we're not careful, every time something new comes in the church, we can attach ourselves to it instead of saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Because who does God see when he sees you? He sees Jesus, the blood coming over you. If you're saved today, he sees his son. He doesn't see all your, he knows your sins, but he looks at you and he sees his son, Jesus Christ. Well, finally, I had to put the word in here. He recognized that many in the church remained how? Puffed up with spiritual pride. So he invoked his apostolic authority and challenged them. He insisted the kingdom of God is not based on talk, but on power. Don't forget that church. It's God's power. Power that actually, when God speaks, it's in the gospel. Romans 1.16, what does Paul say? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Don't forget that. Paul asked the church, shall I come to you with a rod of discipline and correction or with love and a gentle spirit? They had a choice to make, didn't they? We have a choice to make today. I didn't go walking around today. I should have walked around today. They had a choice to make, church. We have the same choice today. In any church, any given Sunday, any given time, there's people who will disagree. Guess what's about to happen almost in every church anywhere in America today? Guess what? It's about to happen unanimously across the board. Guess what they're getting ready for? It's September, almost October. Not Halloween, that's close, but this is what church celebrates. It's something church has to do. Not sports. It's called church budgets. You ever been in a meeting? Most churches are going to go. They'll sit there quietly with knives, spiritual knives, quiet knives, and they're ready to do what? They want to fight. We should be doing more women's ministry. We should be doing more men's ministry. They'll go down the list and say, this is what we ought to be doing because of, and they fill in the blank. Whatever their favorite thing is, they haven't prayed about it. They haven't talked about it. But when it comes to time of voting, I'm against it. You ever heard that? That means I'm against it. I'm against it. I vote no. No, we do not spend that money on that, that ministry. Do not do that thing. Well, why? Have you prayed about it? Well, no, I haven't prayed about it. Well, have you been here for the last... 51 Sundays? Well, no, I haven't been to church, but I'm still a member. That's why in our church, if you haven't been in 90 days, you lose your membership. Did you know that? Our bylaws are very clear. You have to come to church. In a football team, if you want to, listen, if you want to get your letter, you have to be on the varsity squad, don't you? And listen, church is that one with church being less than that. If you want a church letter, it means we're part of something. We're moving forward in Jesus' name. We're holding each other accountable. We love each other, so we'll say this is what God's Word says. I want to challenge the church, whatever obstacle we face today or in the future, yes, your opinion matters. But if your opinion tears down the church of God and you don't live high the name of Jesus Christ, then I will come back and say your opinion doesn't matter. If, if, in equal to tearing down Jesus Christ. Don't be puffed up today in the church. He loves you. Jesus loves you. When I said Paul said this, I'm saying again that God says this. God loves you. And he wants you to live out this life and, and basically celebrate and rejoice in it. Let's pray together. Father God, as we close today, it's so easy for all of us to hear these words and then turn right back around and do the opposite because of our flesh. 
Chris read this morning as we've sang, Lord, teach us and help us daily that we would submit and surrender ourselves to you. And Lord, we would walk not in the flesh, but in the spirit. We would sow seeds to the spiritual things. And Father, we would rejoice that, Lord, you're in charge of all things. And we would bless your holy name. We need you and we love you and we thank you, Lord. Help us in our shortcomings. Let us be more and more, like Paul said, to imitate him as he followed you. He, had, he knew people were watching. And Lord, he wanted to live a life to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. We do as well. Lord, we need your help. We can't do this on our own, we know. It's only through Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray for his sake. Amen.